It's 10 o'clock at WTKM-FM Hartford. Now, WTKM welcomes Aaron Kowal from Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Aaron's visit today is a paid presentation of Kowal Investment Group. The information and opinions expressed are solely those of the advertiser and not of WTKM, its management, or employees. Now, with today's retirement talk, WTKM's Dave Stout. Good morning, and welcome to another uh, rainy day here in the Milwaukee area. Holy cow. You know, we uh, had that little break on Saturday, and boy, was that nice to see that sunshine again. Just a perfect fall day, but boy, since then, it's been just in and out of the rain here, and uh, lawns uh, getting a lot of uh, dose of rain here right before the... uh, Right before the freeze comes, and I'll tell you, the freeze is coming. It is definitely uh, on the way here later in the week. Uh, temperatures really cooling off. Have you been following the weather at all? Uh, today, the rain on and off, 46 for Election Day, 40 for the high tomorrow. Then look at the Wednesday night, 25 for the low, and we really go into the deep freeze here. Uh, 38 for the high on Thursday, then 24 on Thursday night, and then 33 for the high coming up with a slight chance for snow coming up on Friday. So that is just a slight chance for snow as a little system moves uh, through the area. But uh, anyway, Veterans Day, making plans for that if you have plans, uh, sunshine and a high around 38 degrees. Again, this morning, it is uh, rainy and a high um, predicted today in the forecast for uh, around 46 degrees right now. We're just about there, 43 degrees here at WTKM. Well, it is Election Day 2018, and I'll tell you something. Um, Someone said to me this morning, well, are you going to run uh, lots of election ads the rest of the week? I said, no. I said, I I think that... um, I think we're pretty much set for election ads for uh, for another two, at least another two years. So it is election day. So, of course, um, we know one of the cool parts about uh, living in the country that we live in, we get a vote. We get a chance to get out and uh, give our opinion, you know, and everyone gets a chance to go out and give their opinion. And uh, we'll see how uh, how things work out. But it should be uh, very interesting. A lot of local races uh, involved, of course, a big state race uh, involved with the whole thing on the state with the governor and the senator. And and, uh, boy, just uh, so much, uh, so many uh, things uh, to vote on. There's so many things to talk about. So there's never a shortage of uh, conversation in the political area of things to talk about. So, and you know, the thing is, you look at some of the studies and people talking about, um, well, what are you going to talk about um, Thanksgiving coming up here in just a couple of weeks or so, about three weeks or so? You talk about politics around the table? Boy, I tell you, it's... Um, that's a dangerous thing unless everyone's in the same boat with that. And, of course, uh, with Christmas coming up here, not that far away either. So I, I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think that Christmas music and uh, Christmas is our, is our reward for for uh, putting up with this big political season that we're in with uh, with um, half uh, disagreeing with the other half what they believe. So it's, um, especially in the state of Wisconsin here, if it is truly as purple as they say it is, uh, with a mix of uh, Democrats and Republicans in the state of Wisconsin, so we'll see tonight. I guess tonight's going to be really the tale uh, of tell of the tale of uh, how things work out between uh, the uh, the two parties tonight. Not only here, but uh, around the uh, around the United States. So we'll uh, get a better idea of how that works out for us uh, for tonight. So anyway, we got a great great program for you planned today. Always uh, pleased to welcome uh, our guest into the studio. Here is. Uh, Aaron Kowal from Kowal Investment Group, the, the retirement specialist. The website is The Kowal Way. 
And um, they work with folks at or near retirement who've accumulated at least $750,000 in retirement assets. And um, there's several locations here and growing like crazy. Uh, Waukesha is the main location on Bussey Road, just north of 94 and 164. Port Washington, Wisconsin Street there in Port. Also Madison, Phoenix. And uh, we got to get a little update here on the uh, on the Racine location. So they have been... Uh, uh, nominated again and won again the uh, top 1,200 uh, financial advisors for five years in a row, 2014 through uh, 2018. This guy is a certified financial planner professional, managing director for Coal Investment Group, and then also the senior financial advisor, Raymond James Financial Services. Been working in the financial industry for over 15 years, involved with um, the president of the Financial Planning Association of Wisconsin, member of the Society of uh, Financial Service Professionals, board member of the Young President's uh, Organization of Wisconsin, past president and former member of the board of directors for the National Association of Insurance Financial Advisors of uh, Southeast Wisconsin. When he's not in the office, ladies and gentlemen, he is spending time with his wife, Laura, and the three girls who are not babies anymore. They are um, Claire and Leah and Ella May joining us here. Uh, Aaron Kowal joining us here in the studio. Aaron, good to see you. How are you? Uh, doing well. Nice to see you, too. We have uh, John White here also with okay. us, a new advisor that has joined us. John, nice to meet you. Nice Dave Stout, you. shaking hands with him right now. Uh, good to see you. Tell us a little bit about John. Well, uh, you know, I, I like to say that everyone's favorite topic is themselves, so I'll let John tell us a little bit about John. <laughs> All right. Hey, John, yeah. good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you. Um, yeah, so quick life story. I was born in Scotland, lived there 14 years. Mm-hmm. Then my entire family immigrated to New Zealand, lived there 14 years, and have been in the United States 10 years. Okay. Um, so, yeah, amazing, amazing country. Um, love the freedom here. Um, you're just talking about the midterm election and uh, – there's a lot of things that this country does very well, and, of course, freedom being one of them. Yeah, and that's it. You know, uh, Aaron and I have talked last time we were together. We talked. We said, we'll be talking again on Election Day, right? I mean, oh, we'll yeah. be talking. Well, yeah, it seems be, like we always get to talk on Election Day. On Election Day. Day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's and it. And I always go vote from here, so. Oh, you do you? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. One of the things that we do, we kind of, maybe you and I kind of pride ourselves on, we don't sit and pontificate about whatever candidates do and what about what. We you, really, you don't. We really, so sometimes <laughs> we really focus really on on, on folks that are, um, like you say, at or near retirement. Uh, for those folks that um, are kind of looking for a little bit, a little guidance and a little direction, and and that's what you do. That's how your system operates, right? You bring the folks in and you talk with them and you sit down and you have your initial meeting and you say, okay, so what's you know what can we do for you? How can we help you? Right? Well, we have yeah, we have our process. It's a it's we we kind of view it as a mutual interview. Uh, where you know they're they're checking us out, but we check them out too. We we I kind of joke, but not really. You know, we joke. I only want to bring on a new client if someone can see going and get a beer with. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. So someone that had that that there's a need for help, and they were able to provide, and that's serious about executing the planning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we we don't want to to give all this you know, advice or 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 whatever. I have people pay for advice, and then. Be like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to do my own thing. Well, that it, that kind of defeats the purpose. You know what I mean? Sure. sure. And, and so, uh, well, mm-hmm. you know, well, you know, we work with a lot of people that are close to or already in retirement um, that have seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or more in retirement assets, and uh, uh, a lot of business owners, a lot of executives, a lot of farmers, uh, you know, as well, and 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 blue collar people. So we really kind of we have the whole gamut there. Um, you know, just good people that are serious about planning. Uh, John, how um, 
How, how does the United States rank together with the countries that you've been in and, and where you're from as far as um, folks that are at or near retirement? you pretty much the same? Are people of people, no matter where they're at, looking yeah, at retirement? Um, well, when you look at the Western world, like uh, – Europe, um, Western Europe, uh, you look at United States, you look at Japan, you look at um, New Zealand, Australia, mm-hmm. the demographics are, you know, the com- the countries are getting grayer, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I read a stat the other day that 90% of the world's 30-year-olds are in developing countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but similar, you know, a sure. lot of people retiring, a lot of baby boomers retiring. Sure. So everyone, no matter whether they're in our country or other countries around the world, they're all kind of at the same place, sort of. A lot of them are in the same place in their life. Uh, and um, deciding, trying to figure out what the best route is and the best way to do that is to sit down with somebody and talk about it, right? Absolutely. You can't just guess it. Yeah. You can't just eyeball it and say, yeah, I think I think I'm good. Yeah. Um, you got to put pencil to paper and then execute the plan. So it really is – it takes some discipline to be able to do. And what do you bring to the company? What's uh, – what's, you know, what's uh, – <laughs> Yeah, John, what do you bring? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's your what's your interest level? What I mean, what do you enjoy doing? I mean, what's uh, – You uh, know, I, I really got into this because I, I care about helping people retire and, and growing wealth. Um, you know, I, I think not, – not just in the United States, but – in schools generally, and they're doing a better job of it now, I think. But it wasn't so long ago that children were encouraged to open up credit cards before opening up a Roth IRA. Mm. Um, and so what we need to do is change that mindset of, of rather than, you know, it's okay to spend, don't get me wrong, but also putting money aside for your retirement years. And the sooner you start, the better. Um, and so I have a passion for helping people out with that. I've volunteered at quite a few Pewaukee High School, Conwalk High School, um, teaching the seniors about the power of investing, mm-hmm. about thinking long-term, which is really hard even for adults to do, to forecast 30, 40 years into the future when you're no longer working. Right. And where will your paycheck come from? Yeah. And you know, the thing is, too, people are living longer and longer. And I read a statistic <laughs> the other day, Aaron, I meant to text this to you. It's unbelievable. Sure. They're saying that people, the, the, the uh, lifespan now of people moving up into the 80s and the upper 80s now and, and uh, going forward. So what does that mean? Does it mean that with technology, I mean, we'd be looking at people in, that, that are your age that could be living in their 90s to 100 years old? I mean, wow, if you retire at 60, you got you to gotta really have your act together to have enough money to survive to be 90-some years old, right? Especially... If, Especially in a care facility. You know, you're absolutely right. It kind of um, skipped a decade here because now it really kind of is the, you know, 60 is the new 40. Mm-hmm. And people are living longer. They're they're living younger too. You know what I mean? Like my, my, you know, my dad's in his 60s. And when my grandparents were in their, were in their 60s, they seemed ancient. Yep. You know, and... and my dad has more energy than anybody I've ever met, mm-hmm. and, uh, unless well, excluding you know, my kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, it, it's and I, you know, I told him that, and I said, it "Just seemed like grandma and grandpa were just." He's like, "They seemed old when I when he was a kid, you sure, know." So sure. I think that they're they're this the baby boomers are a lot more active, mm-hmm. um, you know, physically, mentally than previous generations, and I think that. Um, you know, we're going to have a lot. You know, my my dad also says, you know, he says, what happens if you screw up and live a long time? Yeah. Um, you know, when they set up Social Security, you, you couldn't get Social Security till you're 65. Life expectancy was 62. Yeah. I mean, so they yeah. thought if you screwed up and live past life expectancy, we'll have this pot of money here, this monthly check going to you, uh, to to help out. You know, if you if you can't, well. 
uh, we blew by that right away. The first person to get on Social Security was this lady. She paid into it for, like, I think, a couple months, and she lived to like 101. It's so mm-hmm. it was considered one of the greatest investments ever because you put a little bit of money in, and then you got a, a, a check, which then was pretty nice uh, relative to um, you know, how much you could you – know, the power of, of the spending on that. Sure. Uh, and so she uh, you know, got it for you know 35 years plus. So um, – you know, so so yeah, I agree with you that that they're 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 living longer. So you really got to be um, mindful of the saving, mindful of the planning, and and how how you spend that uh, in you know in retirement. You know, people you know, people say they they'll they'll say, well, I want to spend more, you know, in my sixties and early seventies because you know I, I'm going to use it, and when I'm old, I'm not going to be doing anything. Um, so who cares if I have less because I'm not going to be going on trips around the world. Mm-hmm. While that may be true, there's also other things that might be more expensive. You might, and especially the healthcare. Uh, you know, so maybe some housing might cost uh, cost more money. So you may want to plan you know, have a plan for that too. Now you don't want to spend your whole. No one wants to spend their whole life to put it all towards assisted living, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's why the planning is important because you could accidentally do exactly that. Here's something interesting, you know. My uh, I look at the two sides of my family. My 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 uh, paternal grandmother. She was born in 1900 and lived to, ni- to 60. And she died in 1960 when I was just three years old. So she um, didn't have. They didn't have the education necessarily back then she came from the old country she came from hungary and boy they made all these desserts and oh everything was cooked with lard and butter and you know and everything now all of a sudden things have changed so dramatically in our country we have this education that this food is good for you and that food is good for you and that food is not good for you and you know and they've learned about that like like that and i think the bigger thing than that is now you've got things like blood pressure medication you've got things like uh um other medications that you can take for cancer cholesterol, cholesterol and, and those yeah. kinds of things like that so people um are 62 years old and is it changing the mentality of someone that's 62 years old that is the possibility they could live to be 90 years old or are they still retiring at age 62 or 63 or 64 and saying i'm hanging it up you know because people that are retiring and right now they could live another 25 years right or more more. yeah Yeah. i think correct me if i'm if i'm wrong but the um I think the the statistic is that people who are, um, if a couple is still you know, if a couple is still around when when they hit sixty five, there's like a ninety or fifty percent chance that one of them is to live to be ninety. Ninety. It's yeah. just a, yeah. such a very very high probability yeah. that that if they're around, they're they're still going to be around for another twenty five. 30 yeah. years, you yeah. know? So. so what does that mean? You know, What does that mean for you guys when you sit down and talk with them and say, okay, what kind of lifestyle do you want to have? Are you going to, my mom used to always complain. She used to say, honey, I don't want to, out- I'm going to tell my dad, I don't want to outlive my money. I just don't want to outlive my money. That's what she would say all the time. And she was right. Yeah. At the end a, of the day, she was right. It, you know, she's right. It's, um, oh, I think I found a lot of it is setting expectations, you know, mm-hmm. that, okay, you're retired, you, you get it's an, it is definitely a, an adjustment in your brain to go from a whole life if you're if you work you know in a company to go from getting a paycheck to then providing a paycheck for uh, for yourself mm-hmm. and, and so I'm it, it, it gets to be a little tough uh, because you got to set the, you know, kind of set those expectations you got to set the good habits early 
in retirement because you know, I've, I've seen it where, where it's like, hey, I've got you know a million dollars now, half a million dollars. I'm going to go on this crazy trip. Okay, well, that was good. Well, I like that. I'm going to go another one and another and, you know, blow all the money. And, yeah. and, and it's like, well, that's not. So you got to set the expectations of what you can and can't do. Um, and, but you have to be a little flexible, too, along the way because, you know, no no one wants to have a lot that's completely planned out for them. Like, well, you know, you, so you got to have some flexibility there. And so it's um, an art and a science, too. Talking to uh, the folks from uh, Aaron Cole or uh, Cole Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Contact how to get in touch with you. Like, give us uh, a little contact information. We've got Twitter and LinkedIn and so forth. Can you fill us in on all that? Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, uh, phone number is two six two five two two four zero four zero. Um, uh, our webpage is the Kowal K O W A L the Kowal dot com. Uh, you also find us on Facebook, uh, Kowal Investment Group uh, uh, on Facebook. Twitter is at Kowal underscore invest and also connect with me personally with John and you know, with our team and our company at uh, on LinkedIn as well. A lot of things to talk about uh, on the program here today. And, um, you know, one of the things that we always uh, tend to talk about here, and he's, he's had some interesting uh, tweets and some interesting uh, correspondence with the people that uh, he does business with, Brian Westbury. Oh, yeah. It's been very, very interesting here over the past uh, month or so since we met last. Um, the market corrections and things and changes, you know, down 300 one day, up 400 the next day. And, boy, it's just like a roller coaster ride. you got to cinch up your seatbelt in this and uh, up and down. And he keeps saying, uh, he keeps saying that it's a correction not a recession you agree with that oh yeah no. now you know not a question it, it is a correction the the numbers are really good um yeah the, the the numbers are really good they've um the fundamentals are good profits are are up at record levels um revenues up at record levels it is uh unbelievable how how well the um you know uh, returns and revenues have been for um, you know, for for, for corporations, for uh, SP five hundred companies, and for the economy overall this year, um, I mean the the economy is it's on fire. They're doing the, the the it's it's doing extremely well. So you a lot of times you see some volatility going into an election, especially a very contentious uh, election like this one is. So you know we'll um, you know we'll we'll see how you know how it goes. But I think that the markets are uh, kind of oversold right now. So let's talk a little bit about uh, his opinion, First Trust, uh, the, the Monday Morning Outlook. Talk a little bit about the economy. And uh, one of the things that he says um, on that, he makes a comment. He says a solid 3.5% real gross domestic product growth rate reported for uh, the third quarter uh, of this year wasn't enough to appease the doomsayers. They say inventories boosted growth, and that can't last. Plus, they say the um, say business investment was soft. He says what they miss is a surge in inventories in the third quarter was a rebound from the unusual outright decline in uh, in the second quarter of the year. He said uh, real in- business investment grew at only 0.8 annual rate in the third quarter, but uh, had some tepid uh, quarters before, including uh, recently as the end of 2016. So he just seems like he's, um, he's saying, you know, the economy continues to chug along. It's really not a plow horse economy anymore, like he used to call it anymore. Right. It's kind of moving, right? It's, uh, it's kind of moving. Uh, it, it, you know, it is kind of moving. One of the points that he's been making for years now that I think is right, you know, he says that the business investment number is down or is not as, um, you know, as great as people would like it. But the business, it, it, I think a lot of it is because it's, 
becoming cheaper for businesses to invest in their business. You know, he make, the point he makes is the, you know, the amount of memory in your iPhone that yeah. you have. Uh, back in, uh, you know, 1991, to get that same amount of memory, it cost like $22 million. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so now you have for, you know, $1,000 or if you don't, you know, get, get the carrier to pay for the plan or whatever, but if you don't sign the contract, you know, they so they really um, – it doesn't cost as much to invest, so, the, so businesses are able to leverage a lot more um, without having it. So that's that's a point that he makes generally makes when talking about you know, business investment. Uh, they are investing in their business, just not costing as much, and mm-hmm. the, the the results they're getting are are exponentially higher. Um, you know, so it, it is. We're starting to, to to grow. I mean, and and so I think that. Um, you know, we'll see even faster growth coming up you know, in the future, too. He talks a little bit. He says uh, the biggest threat is, um, is the path of government spending, which shows no signs of slowing. Do you agree? Are we as a country? Are we spending uh, uh, too much money? John, <laughs> John, what do you think? Spending too much money as a country? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at um, demographics, when you look at the spending, um, when you look at the, un, you know, the uh, unfunded liabilities of Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, it is a concern for some investors. Um, but at the end of the day, when you look at the fundamentals of, of the global economy, because the U.S. doesn't stand alone anymore. It accounts for 25% of global GDP. Mm. Um, so a lot of people ignore that. And so future trends, yes, it is a concern. You can't just wave dismiss it um but i think going forward um it should get resolved it's a political issue obviously um and the time will come and (laughs) let's face it until it becomes a crisis i think it's something that will not be talked about much i yeah i agree with him um you know they say um he, he says in here, faster put, uh, potential growth undermines the Keynesian argument that's just a demand-side boost from bigger budget deficits. You know, the Keynesians say that the you know, budget deficits that um, – there's an economist, Jane Maynard, James Maynard Keynes, John, John Maynard Keynes, yes, um, that uh, you know, government spending and deficit spending will boost the economy. And so you know, we're, we're – that's I don't agree with that, but – um, you know, he says right now the biggest threat is, is government spending. If unaddressed, higher spending and unreformed entitlements, Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security may eventually convince entrepreneurs and investors that taxes will go up in the future, which could limit the economic benefit of last year's tax cut. Uh, tax cuts. And he says, and while we are honest enough to admit that, we also think investors should not focus on that eventuality. Profits are rising and will likely continue to rise for at least the next eighteen months. Mm. Moreover, if which does not you know indicate a recession, um, moreover if if spending does undermine growth, it won't happen for years. Uh, the recent turmoil in the markets is another buying opportunity, according to Brian Westbury. Mm. Wow. A lot of things to talk about on the program today. We're going to take a break at 1023, talk about the uh, plentiful job market. Um, I heard a statistic the other day. There are 7 million job openings in this country right now. Is that possible? That's a lot of job openings. That is a lot lot of job job openings. openings. It is definitely possible. I mean, it was hard to find John to come work with us. We needed advisors. We probably needed one or two more. Yeah. Um, And so it's, it's, it's not easy to find good help. 
So we'll talk about the job market. Certainly that uh, drives the market, too. We'll talk about the plentiful job market and just how good is the October job market. Uh, we'll talk about how that compares with the rest of it. We're talking with uh, Aaron Cole from Cole Investment Group and John White joining us here in the studio this morning. People want to get in touch. How did they do that, uh, Aaron? Yeah, 262-522-4040. Uh, also, thekowalway.com. Take a break, and we'll be back with more as we continue our chat here this morning on WTKM. It's 1024. That's what we're talking about today, uh, your retirement uh, plan. We're uh, talking with the folks from uh, Kowal Investment Group. And uh, join us in, uh, joining us in the studio, John White is a financial advisor. Of course, uh, Aaron Cole, our, our regular guest uh, with us on WTKM's open line program once a month, first Tuesday usually. Their website is The Kowal Way. And uh, it says, uh, subscribe to our newsletter. New newsletter coming out now? Something new on the uh on the scene, or have you had that for a while? A sev, huh? We've had that forever. Okay, uh, all right. Yeah, yeah we, we, we do a, bi- uh, a weekly or biweekly newsletter. Uh, what's going on in the markets? What's going on uh, in the economy? What's, what should you worry about? What should you not worry about? Yep. Uh, usually the what you should not worry about is a lot bigger than the what you should worry <laughs> about. Um, it, it just kind of goes over what's what's happening out there. So uh, just some good information. It's not like a you know, a huge sales piece or anything. It's just some good factual information. News makes noise. We always talk about that on the program. You oh, yeah. and I say news really makes noise. And uh, John White, uh, John, uh, um, how, how does that news in the United States states uh, make noise around the around the globe, in your opinion? Yeah, um, you know, there was a saying when I was in New Zealand, when I was doing mortgage lending over there, that when the United States catches a cold, the rest of the world gets pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so true. I mean, put it this way, the state of California is the fifth largest economy on the planet. Mm. Um, that really gives you some perspective. Um, and so what happens in the United States is very closely watched by other countries, especially um, interest rates. Um, you know, the, the the global bond market is almost two times bigger than the stock market. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So you wow. got to watch interest rates. And, and, of course, that is, you know, the Federal Reserve's mandate is to have full em- employment and uh, to keep a stable uh, inflation number. Um, they want to keep uh, inflation below 2% if they can or get close to it. Um, and so with these good job numbers, um, with more confidence in the economy, you could really say that the Fed is bullish on stock markets right now, hence why we're seeing a slight rise in interest rates. Yeah, increase. You see more increases, both of you coming in, uh, in 18 yet or 19? What do you think? I think they're all in for this year. Um, yeah. Uh, and then um, – you know, we, we probably three years or so next year, I think. So, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, keep ratcheting it up. Um, one of the things I was going to talk with you a little bit too, John, from a global perspective too, is energy. Energy is certainly a huge issue, and uh, we watch the price of uh, gasoline going up and the crude oil going up and down here on a regular basis, and now it looks like uh, there's going to be a sudden decrease in the uh, price at, at the pump with lower prices, wholesale gas prices uh, going down too, and uh, th- what they said is the oil price uh, information service analyst Tom Kloza said that uh, could amount to a colossal collapse in prices uh, for consumers here over the next uh, few months or so. Uh, certainly interesting in the United States where we're, what, 3% of the globe's population, but we consume 25% of the energy. 
on the globe. I mean, so that certainly is a huge issue for us. And where does that play out, not only for us, but for the international level, too? In your opinion? Yeah. Um, you know, from a global perspective, obviously, China is consuming a lot more oil. I mean, I remember my economics professor in New Zealand telling me that for a, a, you know, a millennial, the, the two biggest issues facing them in their economic lives would be the retirement of the baby boomers mm-hmm. and the rise of China. And China is consuming a lot of energy. Um, there's the logistics of it, the South China Sea. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's you can't not hear about that in the news headlines because this is where all the oil flows. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, for now, we've we've got the advent of this modern technology that's coming um, that could disrupt the market. But, um, yeah, oil makes the world go around just like money does. Sure. And in, seeing a lot more in the United States, fracking out in, oh, out in the, out the bogging out there, out, out in the uh, you know, fracking and yeah. all that. I want to hear a little bit more, if you don't mind, about the South China Sea, because I don't know that. You know, I, I think some of my clients I know, you, they, they're, they're clueless about what's going on there. If you wouldn't mind elaborating on that a little bit, please. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, China doesn't really say this officially, <laughs> but they're building islands out there. Hmm. And these islands don't have, um, you know, uh, <laughs> um, people lying on the beach. They've got military um, positions there now. Hmm. and. Obviously, there's the whole issue of Taiwan as well, um, and so the United States has a has a strategic interest in keeping those shipping lanes open, and there's a lot of claims out there on that on that property on that sea passage, and logistically speaking, it's how oil gets into Asia, okay. and um, basically. Like the Strait of Hormuz in the Middle East, you know, a lot of oil passes through there. And these are strategic points that can really, it's not just the price of oil, it's the shipping of it, the mm-hmm. moving it around the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it's, a, it's a very, it does, it's not just the oil price, it's the politics around all of it as well. So the islands are what? They're protecting what? They're protecting the shipping lane for exports from China or, or, or crude oil coming into China? Well, what? they're building these islands and they're saying, well, this is our land. This is our sea because yeah. we okay. it's within, you know, we built this island and they say, well, wait, no, no, it's within, you know, six miles or a hundred miles of, of Chinese mainland, of Chinese yeah. land. So that's our ocean. That's ours now. Okay. So it's, it's an ocean like, grab. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand what they're doing on these islands. The islands are going to be set up with military, with yes, to protect to protect what to bring things in from China or out of China or to exports? expand to expand China's presence globally in the shipping lanes to protect their interests. Okay. to basically claim this is their own property. You're protecting um, from who? From from the uh, world. From the world, exactly. Okay. They're, they're basically expanding their territory. So maybe you have to pay some fee to, to pass things through there now. And mm-hmm. if you don't pay off an, a person... Or in wartime, they'll shut it all down. Exactly. Okay. Um, you know, they're... You know, it's like... So the exports don't come out, is what you're saying. They don't come out of China, right? Well, right. But, but, but it's all trade. Not just okay. you know, trade, but it's all you know, trade. So it's like you moving your fence... You know, uh, in the middle of the night, moving your fence, you know, twenty feet onto your neighbors, be like, no, that that's mine. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. it's always been mine. You know, yeah. so it's it's kind of what they're you know what they're doing now. Yeah. So. and especially with these tariffs coming now, um, again, this this is all political maneuvering because China is a rising. It is, of course, is second place now is the rising superpower. Okay, um, and so a lot of this coming back to oil really affects things, yeah. um, not just what's going on in the Middle East as well. So then it comes back to what you mentioned, fracking, and, and, that, and I think that's why it's so important because, I mean, we're pretty much in energy independent now. Um, I mean, 10 years ago, you'd, you'd say, 15 years ago, you'd say, 
you know, twenty eighteen, the U.S. is going to be in, you, you know energy independent. And they'll they'll look at it like you're you're nuts. Um, but I mean, with fracking, we've got, I mean, decades and decades, you know, hundreds of years worth of oil. We have more in you know North uh, Dakota than you know, Saudi Arabia does, mm-hmm. you know, or Iran or or any of these. You know, I mean, that's just one of our states. I mean, like multiple times, we have multiple times oil domestically than than overseas. So we don't really have to rely on. We're actually exporting uh, oil now, which no one ever thought we would do, but we're actually exporting uh, oil. And so the, now it also needs to be the whole pipeline network needs to be up, updated because it's always been getting from bringing oil from the coast in, you know, into the country. Now it's, well, we got to get actually get it from the fields to ship it out. Right. And that's a huge logist- logistical thing, too. The rule has always been you control the energy, you control the world, because, you know, I mean, the world runs on that, whether it's uh, natural gas uh, pulled out of there or it's a byproduct of propane comes off of natural gas or, or crude oil. I mean, it's used for plastics, it's used for everything, and you control the crude oil and you control that. How is um, our fracking and the development, in your opinion, of the, of the crude, removing crude from the ground here in our country, how has that changed the balance of our power in the world with the United States? Has it made an impact, do you think? Put, push Saudi Arabia back a little bit, Iran back, and those countries? Because we've gone to war over, over that, uh, what's under the ground over there for a long time. Yeah, um, you know, oil's priced in U.S. dollars. Yeah. Um, and obviously, there, there's agreements now between Russia and China to, to basically price it in um, renminbi, or, um, or basically uh, the, the yuan, the, mm. the Chinese yuan. Um, so that's uh, that's, and Russia know this. They have long-term plans to get away from pricing things in U.S. dollars. Mm. Um, so there's that going on. Um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the oil is a huge, a huge play. The fact that the United States can take care of itself now and is not dependent. Um, gives them an edge, yeah. and and so countries are trying to figure out ways to maneuver around this. So you think we are energy and energy dependent in our country right now? Energy independent. We could or independent. We uh, independent. Do you think we could close off all the borders in our country? We could survive just fine with what we have. The refineries down in Joliet and Illinois and their Texas and all the refineries we have here. Do you think we could survive? We're pretty much doing it close now. Close off our borders and we would be just we're fine. Act, you know, you never hear about that in the media know, anywhere. I, was, I saw. How come? Oh, because that's a good thing. Um, you know, I saw, and I don't think I'll be able to pull it up here, but I saw Brian Westbury speak uh, a couple months ago, and he had a, a picture of uh, the, the, uh, this oil tanker. He said it's the first time in history it was going under this this bridge. You said you always see them going in. This is the first one to ever go out, out yeah. uh, full of oil, and um, you know, so we are exporting it. We're not, you know, we wouldn't be exporting it if we, you know, needed it. You know, here so I think it gives a lot more control over cost, a lot more control over the supply, um, and, and so we don't need to rely on someone else that we could potentially go to war with. Uh, you know, for for oil, and it just gives more stability for generations. Um, you know, there I saw uh, you know someone speaking there saying that we actually have like eleven hundred. We're, we're super unique. Well, the resources that we have in this country are unique that you don't really get anywhere else. I mean, talk, I mean just even the Great Lakes. I mean. It's like most of the world's fresh water is in the Great Lakes. Um, I mean, that's a pretty hard resource to find. And then, uh, you know, they're saying that we have like 1,100 years of natural gas uh, here yep. that we know of, which yep. means there's probably a lot more that we don't know of. Yeah. I mean, isn't that why you know, Russia invaded Ukraine you know, a few years ago? To, mm-hmm. And that, that's, you know, it's because it's they, that's the connection of, um, 
uh, of natural gas because Russia also has natural gas and they supply Europe um, a a lot. And actually, we're trying to change that now. Um, But that that kind of like the pipeline, they want to have control over that so that they can control. That's what's keeping them afloat is Mm -hmm. is natural gas. You know, the um, Alaska is just loaded full of natural gas up there. And everyone complains about uh, pulling natural gas out of there. And, you know, back in the day, Sarah Palin used to say, say, you know, guys, you know, the area that we're taking the natural gas out of is like putting a dollar bill on a basketball court. That that is only how big the area is that we could pull the natural gas out of it and and become energy independent in our country. Kind of fell on deaf ears at that time, obviously, because you know the results of the election at that time. But it kind of fell on deaf ears. But, boy, certainly energy is a huge um, part of the uh, puzzle pieces um, for our economy. Well, you see that that actually uh, the uh, pipelines and facilities all around up there in Alaska, like wildlife and all, actually thrive Hmm. um, around that because it's warmer Hmm. uh, and blocks, you know, blocks some wind, blocks some, you know, things. So actually you see more kind of like wildlife and stuff around these because they provide some warmth and cover and all that too. So One of the big parts too, of course, certainly is the um, the energy in our country, but certainly the job market. And there's been a lot of conversation on that. I want to get your opinion, both of you, on this. It's in the past year, non-farm payrolls are up uh, 210,000 per month here, while civilian employment and alternative measure that includes small business startups is up about 200,000 per month. Average hourly earnings are up 3.1% from a year ago, the fastest wage growth for any 12-month period dating back to 2009. And here's the best part, according to this uh, thing from Brian Westbury. He says, a survey from the Labor Department on uh, workers' usual weekly earnings shows the fastest wage growth is the bottom tenth of earners. Rising wages appear to be drawing more workers back to the labor force with a number of people either working or looking for work up 162,000 per month in, in the past year, even as the U.S. continues to face a demographic headwind of the aging baby boom population. How is that going to affect the uh, election today? In your, both of you guys, in your opinion. I don't know that it will. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's helpful for the party in power when you can look and say, well, I mean, in terms of the the election today, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just I just look at it as it's good for the country. So, I mean, if you want to put a political spin on it or whatever, you know, I mean, it's good because it's good for the Republicans because they're the party in power and the economy is doing really well. And then, I mean, you're having to pay more for positions, you know, so people are making more, which I think has kind of been pent up for for quite a while, especially in the trades, um, and. It's just un, you know unbelievable. I mean, like I mentioned, I mean it's hard for us to find people, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, or good people, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and so um, I think we did find you know good good you know people here. So um, you know we're, we're we've been blessed that way. But um, you know it's it's unreal how many jobs are unfilled, yeah. And how you know how, how low the unemployment rate you know is. Um, you know, right now, I mean, historically, you know, historically low. He says in the past eight years, part-time jobs in the economy are down fifty-six thousand. So that's you remember that was a big thing. It's like you know, well, the, the unemployment rate should be higher you know, with the recession, the big, you know, the Great Recession. You know, the unemployment rate should be higher because people are just working part-time jobs. Well, part-time jobs are down fifty-six thousand. While we've added more than seventeen million full-time. I heard that too. Staggering. Right, I mean, it's it's just seventeen million full-time positions we've added in our country. Well, I mean, 
you know, you, you hear about this Foxconn thing. I've heard some people say, well, it's only 13,000 jobs. Mm. You know, mm. you know, really, it's only 13,000. Mm. That's how many jobs there are in Ozaki County. Right. Really? <laughs> it's, like, it's like adding a whole other county right. to the Milwaukee metropolitan area. The whole, the facility there is as big, just the facility, not the land. The facility is as big as Shorewood. So, I mean, that's just a huge, you know, a huge thing. So there's a lot of jobs. I don't know if, you know, I'm going to put you on spot if you had anything you want to add, John. Yeah, um, you know, more people working, more people spending. 70% of GDP in the United States is people buying stuff. Mm-hmm. And you are more confident about buying a new car, uh, discretionary spending, um, maybe buying something off Amazon like I'm guilty of doing all the time. Um, you mean our wives are guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, sorry about that. <laughs> She's listening. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. Hi, Erica. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, you're confident. When people are confident, they spend. And mm-hmm. when people spend, companies make a profit. And when people make when companies make profits, the stock market goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is great. Um, and may it continue. Yeah. Just how good is the October job market? Uh, Wall Street Journal did a uh, did a piece on that. Can we talk about that for just a second before we go into the break here? U.S. Uh, employers added 250,000 jobs. The unemployment rate, rate held steady at 3.7. Hourly wages posted the strongest growth since uh, almost 10 years um, in October. Wage growth uh, climbed 3.1% from a year ago, hourly basis. And um, you look into the demographics here among people 25 to 54 when decisions about school, retirement, uh, are less likely to influence whether a person is in the job force. 82% of are participating in the labor force, and 80% have jobs. Both figures are now at their highest level since the recession, and it's uh, immediate aftermath. Is this just a regular ebb and flow in our country? Is we've been through this before, you guys, you think? No. I no. mean, I, this is nor- not normal. This is, um, I don't know, government getting out of the way, letting people work, uh, I think. Not to get, you know be perceived as political but i mean it's just you know show that that it's you know working that i mean with you know with with increases in technology and um just kind of less like regulation and everything it's um i think it's just it's just huge john you're nodding your head yes Uh, when he said less regulation right absolutely less regulation makes it easier for businesses to do what they do best um and uh, you know i mean it really is as simple as that Take a break here, guys. Um, the Coal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. What's the status on Racine? Is that open now? Or when? What's the What's the status on that new location? Um, there's a little bit of work to be done there. Okay, and, uh, physical like you know work in the, okay. the building, and so we're hoping. I don't know February. February. January. Okay. So, first yeah, quarter. Yeah. First 2019. quarter. Twenty nineteen. I know we'd want to be in like October, but yeah. um, you know it's not not happening so there's uh yeah it's it's there's a lot going on there so but we're we're excited to be uh to be going uh in, in racine and right on highway highway 20 and i-94 great location yeah. waukesha bussy road of course just north of uh, 94 and 164 port washington uh, wisconsin street that's good great location for you too right yeah, in north right, shore right yep. next to the power plants so, yep yeah. madison uh, frank lloyd wright uh, avenue in middleton and also phoenix so five locations here four for sure and then another one coming up here right yeah phoenix yeah. wow Fantastic. When you put it that way, it's like, holy cow. <laughs> and so Barron's, uh, the top 1,200 financial advisors five years in a row. That's yep. awesome. Yeah. That's great yeah. news. So it's Yeah, it is great news. And so uh, we're, we've been blessed. Uh, that's for sure. So People want to get in touch. How do they do that? Uh, phone number 262-522-4040, uh, 262-522-4040. Also, you can find us on 
Twitter at Kowal underscore invest, Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Connect with John, connect with me uh, personally and with our company on um, LinkedIn and the Kowalway.com. Burr, I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready for 25 degrees for the low tomorrow night, but uh, ready or not, here it comes. Days are shorter and uh, temperatures definitely cooling off. 10.51, we have about another nine minutes or so to spend with uh, John White, who's a financial advisor, and also Aaron Kowal with uh, Kowal Investment Group. The retirement specialists are numbers 262-522-4040. Both of them uh, joining us uh, here in the studio on this Election Day 2018. You know, we talk about uh, retirement. Of course, in your name is uh, the retirement specialist, and that's what you guys really focus on. Not only where someone's at in their life, but where they need to be, but not only where they need to be from a regular perspective, but also a tax perspective. That's huge, right? Oh, yeah. You know, we have a saying in our industry that we don't want you to be what we call overly patriotic and pay too much in taxes. So we are always looking for ways to reduce what you're paying in taxes. I have a belief that we're way overtaxed already. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not in the taxation is theft camp, but I do think that we are overtaxed, uh, especially in the state. And um, you know, so we, we are always looking for ways to reduce what, what our clients are paying in taxes. So, yeah. Look at everything. Everything's everything. on the table. Yeah. It's not, you know, sometimes people say, well, I just want the investment plan. Yeah. You know, it's Coal Investment Group. I just want investment planning. Well, that's not really what we do because it ties in so much because we have to do the planning behind that because that really drives then you know what we're able to do. Like if you don't need to be risky, well, why take take all that risk? You know, yeah. we don't want you to. You know, well, you spent a whole lifetime building up your assets. You don't want someone to come along, and get cute, try to find the next hottest thing that could blow up in your face. Yeah. Um, you know, so we really are you know we're singles and doubles trying to do you know, a, a good job, but then we really got to find. What do you need to have happen so we can customize it so that we can make it, you know, happen? Because if it's because it, then you're it's like ready, sh- you know, um, you know, ready, shoot, aim. You yeah, know? yeah. So that, that's not really how we're gonna. We like to do it. Interesting article in uh, Forbes dot com. Uh, Robert Laura wrote this about retirement. He said, "Feeling indecisive about retirement? Do this." He said, "Deciding when to retire is a big deal. There are a host of things to consider. Trying to get everything dialed in can be overwhelming. Social security decisions, pension, healthcare costs, and the need to replace your income without eating up too much of the principal, and the list goes on." He said, "For some people, it's downright paralyzing. It can cause them to constantly change their retirement date, which can be frustrating uh, to those closest to him." He said, "A few years ago, he said I had a meeting with a guy who was a controller for a mid-sized company." In other words, he was uh, one of the company's primary primary, primary uh, financial uh, managers and um, answers directly to the chief operating officer. His wife made him uh, come in because he had been thinking about retirement for three years, but he never pulled the trigger. He, uh, she was sick of his on-again, off-again retirement plan, so she brought him in. He said it was interesting conversation because he knew that he was a numbers guy, and so after their initial discussion and review of their documents, he said, I know you've already run the numbers, so what do you say? At first, he looked surprised that I knew his little secret, so he glanced over to his wife to check and see if she had squealed him out, but uh, her glance back said, this is on you, buddy. I'm sick of hearing about it, so tell him. He cautiously muttered, well, I did run some numbers, of course, I'm thinking, no kidding. Uh, I have never met a financial guy who doesn't run some numbers coming in, so he continued he said, well, one program uh, said I had a 98% success rate. So I smiled and said, that's great. So what are you hesitant to, why are you hesitant to retire? He said, he didn't have an answer. In fact, he just slumped in his chair. So 
he said, I shared, it's okay, and you're not the first person to sit in my office and struggle with such an important decision. The problem is that you're trying to make it uh, one of the biggest decisions of your life based on money alone, and that will never give you the answer that you want or need. In fact, it's one of the best ways to make sure that you will fail at it. You see that too? Yeah. You know, we... It, it, it's you know we're we're whole people right we're not just you know it, it, one aspect you know what i mean and so a lot of times it's their people's job in their career their company is how they define themselves mm-hmm. it's not you know he could be retiring and um you know he you know, he could be he could be retiring but i mean that could be his whole identity it's what he does every day he goes mm-hmm. he thinks about this he obsesses over it at night i mean i can uh, relate, you know. I mean, it's so you know, it's so you know, it's kind of always in your mind. So, what what happens then if you take if you just and it's not you know most of the time you know, you know it's 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 not like his gradual easing over years and years. It's a uh, okay on March first you're done. You yeah. Know? So it's yeah. like ripping out this huge part of your brain. Yeah. It's like well, what am I going to worry about again? You know, people will say, well, you know, when when's your dad going to retire? You know, when's right. your dad? He's never going to retire. My mom would probably kill him if he did. Yeah. He drive her nuts. Yeah. Uh, just like I say, a lot of energy and a lot. Of, you know, so but, and that's a good thing. You know, so it, it, a lot of times it's just how you identify and how you. Um, it, it, so you got to you. You want to? I feel that my clients have had the most success have been the ones that have retired to something, not from something, and, and so. You know, just hating your job is not. It shouldn't be the only. It could be a big reason, but it shouldn't be the only reason for wanting to retire. Uh, you know, whether you want to go be a golf ranger uh, or uh, volunteer at the hospital. I have a client who's probably listening now uh, who, who works a lot with you know with, with people. He went and got a, like a divinity de- you know degree, mm-hmm. you know, and so you know it's it's you and, and you know help and minister and you know witness to people and so um you know it's really you you, you want to be able to do um you know to be able to 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 do something keep your mind occupied you know, i think it was um mitch anthony he said it was the the new retire mentality yeah. uh it's a good book um that talks about you know a lot of times the people that don't you know that just retire are the ones that end up dying quicker Here's something that he says in this article here, too. He says, the reality is that there are five aspects to a successful transition from work life to home life. A truly comprehensive retirement plan needs to consider the following. One, mental. Two, social. Three, physical. Four, spiritual. And five, financial aspects of life after work. Only then can someone make an informed decision. It's something I've written about for years, he said, and even developed a professional training program around it. John, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you got to begin with the end in mind. Um, you know, a lot of people crunch numbers. They're on retirement calculators. They're just looking at percentages and rates of success. Um, you know, I think the most successful retirees do a good job of figuring out what will they do. Mm-hmm. Every day is now Saturday. What are you going to do with your time? Right. Um, are you going to have a hobby? Are you going to volunteer? And then back the math into that. Okay. Um, you know, I've got a retiree that, that he wants to live up north in a cabin, drive his snowmobile around, do some hunting, do some fishing, and go down to the local bar and have a few beers every now and then. He is not going to need $3 million for okay. a nest egg. Um, but if you've got a retiree that wants to fly a plane, that wants to go on um, luxurious vacations they're going to need a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And so what you have to do is find out what you want to do in retirement, what will everyday look like, and then do the number crunching. So if I'm average, 60, 
I'm say I'm a, say I'm a 64 year old and I'm averaging. I'm thinking about retiring. What's average, guys? What's average? How would I be average? Would I be someone that wanted to go off and do a few projects on the side, quit my job, do a few projects on the side? Is there an average, or is there no? Or, or not? There's not an average. Well, Dave, the average baby boomer, which 64 year olds, the average baby boomer would have like you know 45,000, so they wouldn't be able to do. Anything for speaking to you? I mean, yeah, there's do do something, volunteer, go uh, at church, um, you know, boys and girls club, something, you know, some great cause or something uh, is you know, is really a good, you know, a good thing to, to keep your mind occupied, your body active. Your, you know, we are social creatures, so if we just then hibernate in our houses, you know, and start to get paranoid on things and start to get weird. So we got to make sure that you know, you're you're out and about. So I think that this paragraph where he talks about those five things is 100 percent correct mm-hmm. yeah great to see both you guys thanks for coming in boy the hour flew by <laughs> always does election day 11 o'clock we're wrapped up already here but uh, people want to get in touch with you uh, um how, how do they do that uh, and contact just contact information for both of you yeah it's uh well our contact information is the same uh if you want the smart one you'd call john um yeah 262 262- uh, five two two four zero four zero two six two five two two forty forty. Um, you know, uh, uh, on find us online at the Kowal K O W A L the Kowalway dot com. Um, also on Facebook and Twitter at Kowal underscore invest, uh, and on LinkedIn as well. We put a lot out on LinkedIn, uh, and uh, and on Facebook, all of them really. But um, so we 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 provide a lot of content. Um, so even if now is not the right time. You know, follow us, like us, you know, get the newsletter. We, we put out a lot of stuff uh, for you, and just in, if, hopefully you can find something useful in your life. Fantastic. Good to see you. Nice to meet you, John. Thanks Thank a you. lot. Nice Thanks for you. your time. Appreciate it. Um, going to be an interesting uh, an interesting uh, election day today. We'll, uh, we'll adjourn my, today. My daughter, Leah, is super, super excited. She's like, you got to go vote for Leah. I got to vote for Leah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why? Because she's like, because that's my name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right out of the mouth of babes. I know, right? All right. (laughs) Good to see both you guys. Thanks a lot for your time. Appreciate it. Great seeing you too. Yeah, sounds good. The website again, uh, the Kowal way to get in touch with um, Aaron and the uh, great staff there at Kowal Investment Group. Aaron Kowal's Visit Today is a paid presentation of Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Information and opinions expressed are solely those of the advertiser and not of WTKM, its management, or employees. 